1: Hello and welcome to the 131st episode of the Slow Ride podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt
2: in a blue state.
0: And coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts, this is Luigi Classicomano.
1: Oh, Luigi Classicomano. Tim, what happened down there? Well, I got to say that in Orange County, Florida, we totally <laughs> cleaned house. I thought we were looking pretty good and then um Then I think the Twitter, you could actually probably read my Twitter timeline and see the uh, super rookie curse uh, in full effect. Um, Man, so I I just can't believe that Hillary got caught with EPO, and that's what turned the election. Well, it is this whole race clean um, thing that we're getting constant emails about. Hey, real quick, you guys get these emails from USA Cycling about race clean, right? Since you guys remember about how they're testing people. I think those go to my old Hotmail account. (laughs) <laughs> they may. Um, not not too surprised there that you still have a Hotmail account. but uh, I mean,
2: I have a Hotmail account, and that's where my USA Cycling and my spam goes so and where I have to try to retrieve my USA Cycling password from when I forget it twice a year, and <laughs> I can't because I can't get into that email anymore.
1: Okay, so I'm assuming that most of our listeners that are USA Cycling members get this email, and I just want to bring this up, that – With six more race clean tests conducted in October, we've surpassed our goal of 135 tests for the year, and we're up to 137. And you're like, okay, that's cool. But does six tests really seem like a lot? I mean, I guess
2: it's like one every week and a half. But how many did they used to do? They probably didn't do any.
1: In 2015, they did 45.
2: So that's tripled. a pretty big difference,
1: then. Yeah, yeah, they've tripled it. It is triple, but it just seems it still seems low. Um, well, now I know a couple people that have been tested that are here in Florida that have like posted their um, their race clean letters on like Facebook after they get them, which is a pretty cool thing. Stronger riders um, makes uh, sense that they a... be
0: focusing down in Florida there.
1: Yeah. Well, so that's what I thought, right? And I was like, oh, because
0: so I haven't seen this, any
1: <laughs> within this email. It talks about, like, how they caught an, an athlete this month, a guy named Tim Root out of Idaho, a 45-year-old uh, athlete, mm-hmm. Masters oh, racer. Christ. And – but if you look at, like, the data on on who they've caught, there's a lot of Texas um, individuals that have been uh, caught this year. Uh, Florida seems a little low on the uh, – you know, I think most people would so probably expect a, a higher so, Florida rate. So what I, you're saying, USA
2: is... Cycling shouldn't even have jurisdiction. That Texas is its own country. What the? Yeah, so That's bullshit.
1: Five people have been caught so far with the um, race clean. Three are what's... from Texas, one from Idaho, and one from Wisconsin. And what's what do their they average all have age? in common? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. I'm assuming that they're just all masters racers. It's possible. So like. Older white men ruin
2: everything, even cycling.
1: <laughs> even cycling. Now this gets into this next point, um, little guy, which I I know um, know you're getting at. And Spencer, we had discussed this that like there was obviously after the election, you know, there's that classic story of like the Canadian immigration website going down. It seems like every four years that website goes down after the election, and this harkens back to an old. Uh, you, you had a good question that you wanted to ask. That harkens back to one of our first episodes on the slow ride podcast. That so if anyone ever goes into the deep, deep cuts, almost to the squeaky wheel podcast episode, we used to do this thing where we asked one good question every week. And mm-hmm. one was, um, where would you move for cycling? And you brought this up. I'm like, Hey, it would actually be pretty cool to, to see if any of these changed or where would you move since Canada is off the table because the immigration website's off. So where would you move as a cycling aficionado? Um, well, post-election that's, blues.
0: That's easy. I'd just go to Belgium or France.
1: So you moved to Belgium oh, or France. It. But no, I liked how you see. actually set a caveat to this question. You were like, hey, that's the easy one, right? Like Belgium, yeah. France, and you're or Italy, I'm assuming. Yep. And you're like, all right, you gotta go to next level. So, we, gotta so go the, like, the question, we gotta go like Indy Rock.
0: Yeah, the question is if you're gonna leave the country, if you're done mm-hmm. after this election and you gotta go, you gotta get out while the getting's good. But you're a cyclist, you're a, you're a bike racer and you want you want to build a new scene from the ground up. you want, you want none of the bullshit, only the good stuff. Where can you go that does not have an established cycling scene that you can build it up? You can become the national champion, you know like you can oh, you oh. can bring the first UCI races there. You can you can create it in your own vision. And uh, and and go from there. Like, what what countries would be best for a bike racing scene, t- t- for utopia, to build our utopia that well, don't currently have one. Like, you can't say it's you know the czech republic because they they have a bike racing scene so well i guess
1: it like so before you put up this interesting caveat my take on it was that i was going to choose portugal because i thought portugal would be a yeah, great great good. country that's kind of on that um b level on the world championship you mm-hmm. know like yeah they have roy costa they have some um the they, tour they they of portugal but Yeah,
2: but every year the guy who wins the Tour Portugal gets popped. Like it is a hundred. (laughs) it's like the Tour of Turkey. Which just a home rider wins it every year and they get busted for EPO. It's just like meh.
1: So Spencer, can we change your your rule? No. Or maybe answer it twice to go like, hey, be world championships. Man, I think, Portugal, counts, man. No, I mean, I think because, Portugal would have to count.
0: Because the original question we asked back in the early episodes was where would you want to go on a cycling vacation? Like where's the best spot to just go ride a bike? And that is not the question I'm asking now. The question Why? I'm asking now is if you gotta leave the country, if you gotta get out because Fallout is coming and going you're to gonna Portugal. rebuild this. You're gonna rebuild the bike racing scene from the ground up, where there is not one now. Where are you gonna go? Oh,
1: okay, I got it. I got mine.
0: All right, I'm going to I Iceland. got mine.
1: I'm going to Iceland. Iceland. and I'm going for a variety of reasons. There's gravel grinding to be had around all of the uh, yeah. the okay. volcanoes. All right, right. It's the hipster place where tons of bike tourists seem to be going. Um, I this know. You can I can ride around least... it in
0: like an hour. Right.
1: Yeah, I know at least three or four people that have sought to go out there. Mm-hmm. The population's small enough, and they're so focused on soccer that there may be an outside way that I could be a top twenty, category one, two there. That maybe I could just maybe, if I trained, right. have a chance to be the national champion of yes. Iceland because I. The, That's I, what I'm talking about. Now they're would so you so focused on, would on you, soccer that I might have an outside chance? Like would So how would, how of, would you structure um, this? Training.
0: Would you would Iceland be a road racing country? Would it be a mountain bike focused country? Like what would be the biggest scene? Would you build a velodrome there? What's going on?
1: Definitely build a velodrome because you could build that around like a soccer field or next to a soccer field because they have those in every town. Okay. I would say track racing with an emphasis on road. Um, as much as gravel grinding is the wave of the future, I just, you know, although the beards, you the beards of, Scott, a... of Iceland could totally crush it. Yeah, you I, could I'm do like a, Scott. uh, go a,
0: a Trollbrook-Leon type of race, you know, you could do that stuff. Yeah. Too. I, all right.
1: you know, and if I time it just right, there could be a volcano that's going off and to stop all air traffic into the, country so then that's how i could become the national champion ah. But i think i would i think i would take over the icelandic uh cycling federation um, Okay, what do you how about you spencer
0: well my original answer was iceland and since you stole it i had to come <laughs> oh. up with something else well
1: good i didn't pick
2: iceland <laughs> yes. yorks picked the same thing
0: what do you got little guy
2: i was thinking see and i kind of i'm kind of rethinking this because i'm i kind of i well i looked at a map a little close to russia a little scary but I was thinking Estonia, because I've watched some Estonian cross races on the internet, because I'm a big Rain Terrame fan, and uh, half the field's on, like, fat bikes. I got that shit <laughs> locked down. Okay. And then, since I'll be the second best cyclist in the country, uh, when when Rain's back in town, he's going to need someone to train with. That's me. All that right. means I'm one, I'm one step away from the pros, and he can put in a good word with the Tusha feeder team or something. Or the... I don't know what team he's on anymore. The silly season, as Tim would call it, and I don't know where he is. So, Estonia.
1: I'm going to go to Estonia. It looks I think lovely. Estonia would be good, yeah. you know, I think, I think Spencer could get away with Cuba. Do I they, think Cuba's got a lot of potential. Do they, well, it's, what
0: about uh, New Zealand? Do they have cycling there? Well, don't they have Hayden Godfrey? <laughs> okay, okay, you're right. What about guy. Australia? They don't have cycling there. That's for Definitely sure. Definitely not in Australia. Uh, they have okay. triathlons. So, now I'm thinking... What about, uh, what about we just all pick up and head down to Namibia and really blow that scene up? Just really see, make it hit full stride.
2: See. I hear they're you know? too fast there. See, we may that, not be able I to beat thinking...
0: Dan from Nam, but we can, you know, we can you know, be his support team.
1: No, 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 no. We could kidnap Dan from Nam, assume Wait, his identity, and then that's how we'd get into the Olympics and all the other great stuff that he's able to accomplish. So we could, like, this could be, like, a long-term play, right? Like, we're his domestiques, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, Dan got sick.
0: We're growing the hair <laughs> out. We're we're growing the beards out, you know, like, the whole time. He never we could be his backing vocalist,
1: and then suddenly
0: he just kind of, you know, goes ah, away. Okay. That's a little darker than I was going to take it, but, you know, I, I mean, I feel like there's uh, the... Hey, there's only one Beyonce
1: out of Destiny's Child, you know, like, I mean, obviously that would be me,
0: but you guys can come along
1: for the ride. So
0: Dan from Nam is is our Beyonce. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you might be the manager or something, Tim. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: But I think the skeleton is there. It obviously produced uh, Dan and some other great cyclists from Namibia, but uh, it could definitely use a bump uh, up on the uh, charts, on the world scene charts. So I think we could get him up in the top 20. Again, I don't know
1: how much credibility you may think that we bring um, to the table, but uh, um, I don't know if it would really help bringing Namibia um, to the forefront. But I do think that we could bring Iceland to the forefront just by our pure um, uh, looks and it's uh, our know-how, <laughs> our race promotion skills. I mean, we, we are take all it.
0: from Minnesota, so we got that kind of Norse. Yeah. I'm going to look at Iceland
1: cycling federation okay. let's see if there is why yeah, you're a doing that
0: speaking there. of dan from nam i have a i have a question it's very off topic but um we were talking about his instagram account for his kitten the other uh episode um major biscuit and i had a revelation earlier today why is major biscuits name major biscuit and not major rusk
2: yeah it's uh, a good question that's dan. a good question
0: dan that. dan we're gonna need some answers
2: yeah my so, cat makes biscuits, not yours.
0: You're going to have to tweet at us, Dan, and let us know uh, why, what the disconnect is there. Is this cat Americanized? He's losing his edge,
2: I think. That's what it is. Yeah, it
0: sounds like he's uh, definitely getting Americanized. All right. Um, hey, eyes. I just did a
1: quick uh, Google search for the 2016 Icelandic National Road Championship. Now, I'm going to butcher this name. Imagine that. But it is <laughs> Gumunder Robert Gudmundsson. And no one is listed as winning second or third place or any team listed um, for the team time trial. So maybe he was the only person that entered the race. So good job, Gudminder. Um, <laughs> mad props <laughs> for your ability to pull off so, to the national championship. So, what you're saying maybe.
0: is a medal is possible for one of us.
2: Well, what yeah, I'm thinking just is. Just like that when we used to do timed events on the track
0: here. Yeah. State there champion. may be a way. Um, you know, we could probably at this what point about, since um, there's only Tim Tim, where you got your Google fingers going. Can you check Greenland as well? 'Cause
1: uh, uh well just know. a second. There's only five five people listed on the um national road championships. It's a hundred and eight kilometer race mm-hmm. for Iceland. Um
0: so now you know they did a wide angle podium.
1: We may just have to do a um just to edit I mean I think at this point we could probably get away with just uh editing the uh the list on Wikipedia to say like Tim Spencer and Little Guy for the podium of the yeah. Icelandic national championships. Yeah,
0: so someone wants to go ahead and do
1: that. That would be fantastic. Um, and Little Guy or Spencer, there is not a uh, Greenland uh, national so maybe, championship.
0: So maybe that's where we go. Maybe we can build it there. You yeah, think I if think we build a... don't even
1: live in Greenland?
0: Yeah, it's perfect. If we well, build it. A...
2: Have a population of like less than the Twin Cities.
1: Now eight days ago. Guys, we did get a question from longtime listener and supporter of the podcast, Paul Buchanan, who emailed us. And it was right after we recorded. And um, and, he, and he's like, hey, can we get everyone who listens to the podcast and has an NBC uh, Sports subscription to hit up NBC about adding a UCI Cyclocross subscription? So he's saying, like, why doesn't NBC just add a UCI Cyclocross subscription because they already own the rights um, to the uh, – to the broadcast of a lot of this. And we already have that NBC sports live um, yeah. app that a lot of us watch the tour on. he's like, wouldn't that make sense? Like I'd happily pay an extra five bucks a year for the Euro season. I think that's a good idea. Um, what do you guys think? How awesome would that be?
0: Yeah, it sounds Probably awesome. It. I mean, there either there's two possible reasons that they don't do this. One is that somehow some way it's far too technically advanced and they cannot do it. Um, or they don't, you know, they can't, uh, pay announcers to go over the, you know, the Belgian guy, even though they don't understand that we want to hear the Belgian guy. The other possible reason is they just don't even know that they own the rights to it and that it's even an option. And I think both of those are just as plausible.
1: They are plausible. And that does go hand in hand. I know Paul was bringing it up because we were talking about the Trek, um, bikes coverage, trekbikes.com. And again, crushed it. With the Nils psycho um, uh, cross race, which we'll go over in just a second. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's – yeah, I think, Spencer, you're bringing up some some good points. Hopefully, maybe it will get invest in, um, investigated. I remember years ago there was talk of showing like Paris-Roubaix on a pay-per-view um, structure where like you could pay like 45 bucks and just get the pay-per-view over the air. Um, that was before the dark webs uh, made it free with just the cost of a virus being yeah. downloaded onto your computer. Yeah. Um, and then Paul did have an actual question. Um, hey, why don't Olympic champions wear a gold kit for four years? Do you think this would make um, the title more or less desirable by the professionals? So I don't know if he's talking about an all gold kit, but definitely the um, the gold bike and and whatnot.
0: It, he must be talking about an all
1: gold kit. How yeah, something
0: that? along the cha- along the lines of world champ kit, where it's theirs for a year. You know. Yeah, but well, for four years. But it's be theirs for four years. Yeah. What I do don't think? think there's
2: a protocol but I think its sponsors wouldn't want that, you know. Like they'd rather have the gold helmet, gold shoes, gold bike bullshit and then have the normal kit and just have the announcers mention that it's, you know, the Olympic
1: champion. Not having like a, a gold band instead of the um world championship stripes.
2: That
0: could be yeah, cool. I don't know.
2: I think what would be better is if there's You know, like just like the left arm is left white and it's got like the Olympic rings on it or something, you know, because the gold. Even when we've had we've had riders with a bunch of gold, like Bettini did a lot of gold. I feel like it was hard to see that gold. You know, It it wasn't a gold that popped. Usually It, it would kind of look flat. And sometimes you could kind of not really distinguish it that much. You'd be like, what's wrong with that person's jersey? You know
0: what would happen if they made a gold. Uh, kind of skin suit, you know, for for whoever the Olympic champion was. It would end up looking like that Fatoon kit and everyone would vomit all over themselves every time they looked at it.
2: I think they gotta go with the rings. I think they gotta do kinda like how we used to have the World you know, like used to have like the World Cup kit and the World Champion kit, right? And they're usually both white with the and one would have the you know, they'd have different a different banding. It's kind of the same thing. Like just do part of it white and have the Olympic rings. Maybe yeah. have a, like so, a gold, one gold band, like, or they, a gold uh, band like on the edge of the leg or something. Yeah. But just sort of subtle, you know?
1: Is this what the if, most rational answer that's ever been given on a Slow Ride podcast question? I mean, uh, just I'm about to take Party it off the rails.
0: Man. What if we just did a, uh, a like an all-white helmet with like a uh, a, a wreath? um around the top you know the uh the olympic Mm -hmm. kind of arrow wreath Wreath. yeah Yeah. an arrow wreath yeah yeah just like Uh, imprinted onto the helmet so you were wearing that and everybody saw your your little crown of uh what what is that shit that like the vines i don't know you know you know if garzelli
2: had ever won an olympic like in the time trial he would have had he would have had that cat on his helmet and the cat would have been wearing that little like laurel wreath or whatever yeah that'd
0: be great
1: I guess that little guy. You kind of convinced me that the um, and Spencer, you too, talking about like an all gold uh, kit would look a little bit too much like the foot on um, or tune, uh kit. Even though I was a fan of that personally or in principle, I was a fan of it, but in re- in reality, it was quite a disgusting <laughs> kit. Yeah. Um, now, do you think that I'd, like Greg Van Avermaet, the current um, Avermont? Sorry, the current uh, the current Avermont uh, Olympic champion. Wearing the all red and black BMC kit. Now mm-hmm. that will be changing next year, I believe. There will be a new kit design with the, T- the Tag Heuer watches sponsorship. Is it Tag Heuer or Tissot that's taken the uh, sponsorship there? Tag. I have no idea. Okay, Tag. so, you know, maybe what, what would you think of that all red black BMC kit, but instead of the black um, portion along the chest, it was gold. So it was like a red and gold combo.
2: That's eh, fine. I just don't like gold person personally that's the
0: problem gold is a pretty tough color to work with
1: but isn't there a lot of white though like a white sleeve with the i mean i think that there needs to be more done i think the gold bike gold helmets gold shoes is more is great as an accent but it would be cool if there was like a gold signifier and i little guy you might be on the right track with like some kind of banding or something on it
2: I mean, but I think the rule in pro cycling is the more uh, the more difficult it looks like to keep the kit clean, the more the more pro and cool it is. Yeah. So the the more you look at that kit, and you're like, they must have to go through five kits a day. Like, if the world champion has a kit on the team where he's like, that's right, I throw my kit away every time I ride. I'm the fucking world champion.
1: How do you think that? Um, how does FDJ all those years afford that? I mean, like... dude, I think I think some
2: we need to get an exclusive interviewer with interview with one of their sauniers because like he's probably got a a wash day routine that is second to none which reminds me i didn't take my clothes off the line damn it okay but second to none i mean he's got to be good
0: yeah well he's he's we we could all learn a thing
2: or two i mean i've got a a pile from the last race (laughs) on the floor spencer's got a pile in like the wheel well of his car underneath the spare tire yeah tim do you you done any bike races lately
1: um, well, depends on what you call a race. I mean, I did yeah. do the, uh, uh, I did do a cross race, uh, the, the Saturday before Halloween. I was, um, I was fun. Yeah. I will be doing that was a, a pretty long time ago now. Yeah, that's I'm talking a little like the while last ago. two weeks. That was two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I am going to be doing a gravel ride on Saturday, um, in support of world bicycle relief down here around Lake Apopka, yeah. um, that's which cool. is the big, uh, gravel loop. Um, but thanks, Paul Buchanan, for your email. We also got a couple emails from uh, others, including Kevin Dolan, longtime listener uh, out of Baltimore, uh, masters cross racer. Uh, he was he was begging for the uh, podcast last week because we were a little bit late. And uh, again, thanks for emailing us. We, we will try our best to get him up. But uh, you know, it is a little uh, tough sometimes when uh, when we're all on our uh, Zwift trainers doing what we can to uh, to be the next uh, um, great one.
0: champion yeah, of Iceland. But... Champion of
1: Iceland coming. I mean, it, I, I like this. The you know the Icelandic flag is pretty good. You could make a pretty nice uh, national championship kit out of that. Um, but as Dude, always, have you feel- looked? Have you looked at the Greenland flag? Yeah, it's the, that. That's a, that's a crazy flag.
2: That's um, a good flag. And then the coat of arms with the, I don't know with the, the coat polar of arms, bear so. sticking its tongue out. It's a standing <laughs> up polar bear sticking its tongue out. I saying, want
0: that kit. I'm gonna. I'm training now. I have just been inspired. That is it. I'm going to be the champion with the polar bear kit.
2: And their national anthem is You Are Our Ancient Land. And they seem to have two. The other one is called The Land of Great Length.
0: Well.
1: There you go. Not <laughs> Facts. So
0: hey.
1: you can always email us at the slowridepodcast <laughs> at com and let us know what you <laughs> I'm just going to let that one hang out there. Yeah. Slowridepodcast at com for all of your uh, uh, questions. Hey, little guy. Hey, What? Before I cut you off there, I, I think you were gonna what? ask us some questions that you wanted Whoa. to get to. I was. I was gonna say, did you guys know?
2: Did you remember that our future president used to have his name on a bike race?
1: Oh yeah. Yes, and this I will say this this that race, um the tour uh the Tour du Pont, uh formerly well, known as Tour was, de Trump. It was Tour de Trump, was, at first I don't a, care uh, about the DuPont part. He, the, the tour de pont was the first time i ever knew of uh of road racing because i saw it on tv when they were highlighting lance armstrong i remember <laughs> watching it on a saturday afternoon going that is one of the coolest sports and then i remember asking my parents for a road bike and uh nothing really happened uh, <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> it was like well you already play soccer right, and it's, hockey it's Cuba like sport. they knew and i was like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I just do, found it interesting. They let you you waste guys, your
0: own money on it?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, that's a that's just a disaster. You obviously don't have what it takes, son. I'm not gonna get you down that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I remember my next door neighbors had a Centurion uh, road bike with down tube shifters that they were like thinking of selling to me. The back backyard neighbors. I remember going home and asking my parents, and they were like, "Well, we're not gonna buy it for you. So you can save up your own money." And then I, like, mowed a lawn, and I was like, yeah, screw that. <laughs> nice. You made a good good decision to wait to get in the
2: sport. You would have just been a burnt-out junior.
0: Yeah, it's true. You know? It yeah. wouldn't
2: have worked out. Well, do you guys know that, uh, I mean, do you guys think, I was just surprised here. So, like, some he starts the race. He's all about creating American jobs. No Americans won for three years. Huh. That's tough, man. Even even. I mean, even a Mexi- a Mexican won this race a couple times. I mean, he's supposed to build a wall to keep them out from racing that shit.
0: This was an era where, you know, the Europeans had an advantage.
2: Uh, the only two Americans who won this, which makes me believe this rag- race was totally rigged, was Greg Lamont won it in 92, uh-huh. and then Lance Armstrong won it in 95-96. So,
0: Interesting.
2: That, that's like, those are obviously the only Americans anyone could know at that time. So, I asked so be like, yeah,
0: just ranked. after they had won some world championships, like yeah, won some tours in Greg's case. Are but, you um, saying
1: that this race was not above board?
2: Uh, no, I well, I mean it the little bit I read about the first year uh Dag Otto Loretsen, I probably mispronounced his name from the 7-11 team won the first uh-huh. year, but he, Is he won from because now he's Norwegian. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he won because the race <laughs> motorcycle led uh the leader uh was like Eric van Vladerin or whatever uh oh, the yeah. wrong way on the course. <laughs> yeah, Eric van Va- van van der Den Beva, uh no. led the wrong way on the course and uh so he ended up getting third overall. So, maybe wasn't quite top-notch from the start. Uh also there was a lot of protesters the first year <laughs> protesting uh, the Donald. Where they
0: suck. Wow. Bikes when they are when the
2: race. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. When the race went through uh, New Plots New York, there were demonstrators holding placards reading "Bite Trumpism, Die yuppie Scum," and the heart like of the deal one. equals the rich get richer,
1: and Trump equals Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Wait. So man. <laughs> so. That sounds Even like every then, bike ride I go on. Like, I just see signs like that <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, but directed to me, like, Die Yuppie Scum, on the guy riding his bike through the, uh, you know, the, the former uh, countryside that's now uh, the road riding uh,
0: Small-town small America has really changed their tune since uh, the Tour de Trump, I guess, huh? Well, yeah. I
1: mean, well, so, yeah. I, I was aware of those races. Um, there was a really good write-up on it. I think cycling tips. Maybe Velo News, talked about it during the election about that yeah. foray into uh, cycling. Yeah. There's um, a good political
2: really, story on it, too.
1: Yeah, it didn't yeah. really take off like we hoped. But, I mean, I will say that the uh, there is talk of that new Richmond uh, stage race coming on this year that's like going to be four or five days but all based oh, yeah. around Richmond. And that yep. kind of – you know, like Richmond would be the perfect city to do these little like stage races that are based out of one hotel, you know, <laughs> like where you can save money. Like, there's no reason, like the Nature Valley Grand Prix model, except instead of doing crits, you're just doing some cool road circuits or something. Like, there is a, mm-hmm. a possibility there. Um, and little guy, you, you say you said earlier that you had another question. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on that?
0: No,
2: that's about all on the Trump. I just, I was, I was just interested in it today. I started thinking about it. I was just surprised that our. Are, I'm sure going to be very pro cycling. It's going to really help cycling infrastructure. President is, uh, probably you know, once, once slapped his name on a bike race. Turns out it didn't, he didn't like do anything for it other than show his face, but, you know. but
1: is it more, I mean, I guess that that race was almost just as successful as the one in Colorado, the U S pro cycling challenge, right? I mean, they all yeah. just lose money at some point, unless you have a major, um, sponsor. I
2: like well, Quiznos. They all- Yeah, like Christmas. I mean, they all they all try to start from the top, and actually build up a large fam. You know, actually build.
1: I mean, is this the bigger? I mean, uh, Spencer. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this cycling tips article about the future of American domestic racing, and this goes hand in hand with it. That Tour de Trump and uh, the American Pro Cycling Challenge, and even Tour of California to a lesser extent, are so. Top heavy races, like they're such at the high level that it doesn't really do anything to build up that kind of uh, domestic scene where it always traditionally has been kind of that triple A baseball, uh, uh, uh stone, uh, you know, stepping stone to the pro tour. Yeah. And, you know, now we kind of uh, have this nadir where we're at the lowest time in our history of amount of races, lots of crits, um, but crit teams disappearing. Nature Valley Grand Prix is one of, what, four events now on the pro racing um, tour. And uh, it's not even the Nature Valley Grand Prix anymore. And uh, yeah. this article that you had uh, sent over to us on Cycling Tips talked about a Boston-based amateur team that's actually going to be racing internationally because it's cheaper for them now because they can fly to Europe and get race entries paid for. <coughs> yeah. yeah, that's nuts.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting article. they are I don't think they're Boston-based, but they're New England-based. so Sorry. thank you ccb team has been around for a while but yeah they've got an interesting idea um they're taking it um to the next level from from an amateur team to a professional team but yeah it looks like they're gonna focus on just going to europe because it's it's easier to get to all the races once you're over there you don't have to travel very far to get to you know from one race to the next whereas here you know you might drive from the Joe Martin stage race in Arkansas to the nature Valley Grand here in Minnesota to Redlands to, you know, wherever, like all across the country, that's a lot of equipment to move around a lot of bodies and a lot of people and it's expensive. So it's, it's funny to me that we're at a point where it's cost effective for a team to fly over there and base itself there for a while and, uh, and really knock out a bunch of racing and probably get, better racing experience better you know training as far as you know if you're looking to make the next jump uh to big time professional racing like you need that european experience right like that's all, all anybody ever says i mean yeah
1: I, I, you're absolutely right and there's a couple of things here spencer that, that you brought up so you mentioned joey martin stage race to minneapolis that's a 13-hour drive right yeah so thirteen hour that's drive probably one of the from, shorter ones <laughs> from, from Arkansas to Minnesota, and that's one of the shorter ones. A drive from Milan, Italy to Bruges, Belgium, just rant two random kind of cities that have some kind of racing heritage or whatever that's only a ten hour drive and that's yeah, over yeah. mountains like yeah. to put that all in perspective I mean think of how many like or even if you go to the u k with the amount of racing that's there I mean it's so much smaller and more compact that you have more racing opportunities and the budget could probably get, um, put further to use. Yeah. And I think that the, um, the problem with, with USA cycling is that in, in, in growing this, and, and I am a, I'm a uh, believer in this is that we are a little too top heavy on these events. So we always want to be the, the best. And it's not kind of that grassroots style. I do think that the, um, to to make these events successful, to create a prize list that can be beneficial, I think you, you're gonna have to see a little bit less restriction on the the category system within USA cycling and open it up to even more people as far as the Mass Start events. And then that also goes hand in hand with um, you know, to help fund some of these uh, pro level stage races. I mean, it they look at the cross I mean, model. Cyclocross is a prime example well. of this. Cyclocross, you can put out a hell of a lot of racers on the course and it pays for the pro race later in the day. Yeah. So if there's a way to do that, I don't know if it's through Grand Fondos or whatever to get these courses set up.
0: Yeah. Um, it seems like what they're trying to do, um, you know, Cal- to California has a Grand Fondo, like pretty much every race has a Grand Fondo now. Um, but it almost seems to me like what's missing is uh, just that regional level. You know what I mean? Like. There's, but what's there's, the
1: benefit to put on a race, though? Maybe that's well, like the next question. And
0: that's the thing is like there's oh, there's big national races like like uh, Colorado was and Utah and Tour of California, which is little teams can't get into anyway. And then there's like crits that are kind of the big thing with the circuit, but there's no road racing model that follows that kind of crit model. And but more importantly, I guess there's no regional like should. Should it be more like East Coast, West Coast, Midwest? Like, could you break the country into three and, like, have three separate, you know, point scales and, like, the top whatever, 30 guys from each region get to go to the actual nationals and fight for national championship or something along those lines? That's off the top of my head, so it probably doesn't work yeah. yeah, no,
2: it probably doesn't work. Well, I mean, one, it's just it's just traveling, right? It's just, like, you could be the best guy in the Midwest, but at the end of the day if you don't have you're like no nah, I can't go at that time of guess... year and I can't spend the money to fly to you know right whatever nationals
1: are on the east coast you know but One you'd know where I it think... was
0: going to be so you, that was your big travel thing for the year you know what I mean
1: that that'd be great but here's the yeah. here's the problem guys here's the problem with both that and like I'm not trying to shoot it down I don't really have a alternative but until there's a benefit for a race promoter to put on an event there's not going to be any events to happen, right? Like you need to be either a make money or have a really passionate individual. And that's like nature Valley with Dave Laporte for all those years. And we've seen the, the payback that racers give you for like putting on event. Like they just get mad and complain. Think about how many races have been canceled that have been put on calendars before, especially at the national level, Tampa, twilight, I think just last year. And it's one of these things that you're just like, what do you, you know, like there's less and less races, So then there's less impetus to do it. You have less of the big names coming. And then you need to find these sponsors. It's a lot of work. If you're going to make racing your, you know, to make money off it, to be the promoter to put it on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. But, you know, like when Belgium is the size of New England or whatever, you know, and they have a national champion. And then the U.S. national champion has to deal with the size (laughs) that this country is. Like, it's different. Like, the scale is so out of whack that it seems like there sh- we should maybe I don't know how you bridge that gap, but uh you know what I mean. Like, I wonder get- what the
1: the population. I think that this also has to do with that we have 345 million people, or however many, living in the U.S. I mean, it, it may be less. I, I I don't have the exact right. number, but Belgium, you know, is so much smaller population, but such a higher rate of like riding and racing. So right. like, yeah, There's like here different- it's like, I mean. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot of areas that are the size of Iceland that don't have even a city champion in bike racing in this country.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying break it up into each 50 states, but I don't know. They're, they're... If that's a
1: case, someone would move to North Dakota and just become the king of the North Dakota cycling scene now that Pat Lanier is gone. Yeah. You could do
2: that already if you wanted to. You could like do that. There's
0: there a year. But that's that's what I'm saying is like, can you build a level above state champion that was – important that people cared about you know are we talking for
2: road or for cross because like for cross the most important thing in the world is the minnesota state cyclocross championships well i don't think that is true (laughs) nothing matters
0: well for everything because you know we get well for for instance for cross there's no everybody always says there's no national cross series but there is it's in new england you know what i mean and it is a series and anybody can go from anywhere but people from Oregon don't come out here to do it and I do not blame them at all. It should be yeah. more spread out than it is. But at the same time, why isn't there a series in in Portland or or the Pacific Northwest and why isn't there one in Colorado that generates these champions that you can then, you know, send Wait, you to the next Psycho level? Cross?
1: I tuned out there for a second.
2: Yeah, well there are series, but I mean part of that is that there's the, it's the trouble of not of having different promoters and there's been different races that are ingrained and, and you, right. you can't get them all to like no, I know. come together to form a series. I feel that's the hardest thing. It's like if we could take the, like half the best races in Minnesota and half the best races in Wisconsin and Iowa and just only do those races and never do the shit races, you know, Yeah. and just make, make a three state series, you know, out it of would those be awesome. good cross races. Like that would be awesome. But you know, can we? It's, you can't. You can't. It's hard to force people not to throw races, right? And right. it's always easier if you. Can't. But that's
0: there needs but, to be some prestige put onto these ones. That's that's we go what back I'm saying. A second, is, isn't there prestige do
1: do on the Cross Crusades? I mean, that's like the longest running no, series in the so, U.S., yeah. isn't it? Like I think there is. for some people, have, but not for had, a
0: lot of other people.
1: But they've created some champions. I mean, there's some like legit racers that have come out of the Cross Crusades, right? That's what I'm saying. Like so, there should be more so i guess that the okay i was just maybe that's it up.
2: maybe they're maxed out on champions
1: maybe <laughs> you never <laughs> hey, know the, that article on cycling tips was by spencer martin um so maybe that's why uh, spencer started reading it like normally I wasn't reading and he's just like oh spencer i'm gonna read what uh what my namesake uh wrote it's a good Is article go to cycling tips. You, Com. you go to a
2: cycling website and then you you hit control f and you write spencer <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah. you go find everything that's Spencer related and then you go, okay, now I'll read from the top. It's usually top. some pretty good bottom. Spencer
0: news. Yeah. Yeah. What's going
2: on <laughs> today news? in
1: Spencer News in my Spencer feed? So exactly. again, another uh, good article from Cycling Tips. Um, I I guess that the one model that you know, we talked about Grand Fondo Spencer and, and you were talking about those other ones is the uh, race sponsor or the sorry, the Soul Ride Podcast sponsor in the past, the Grand Fondo in New York. And what's unique about that event? Is that everyone just starts together? So even though it's like three thousand people, but that's how they've been able to create an elite level race because they have all of the um, cat four five start in the back of the bridge, and then all the fast like one twos up front, and it's like right. a whist sport race. Did you guys ever do a whist sport race in Wisconsin? Just like a no, giant man, citizen. You always
2: tell me about them. You never invite me to go with you.
1: Yeah, like they just they don't really exist anymore. <laughs> but it's kind of that uh, that model. Maybe I don't know how that would ever work into the. Um, the bigger, yeah. Like, I think you're dumbing scene, it down,
0: but, and I'm trying to make it like there needs to be. So, why basically, why is there nowhere for an elite regional team to race? You know, what I mean, you can't get in the tour of California yeah. and you're already crushing all the local races, but there's nothing in between. So, you go to Europe, it makes more sense to go to Europe. That's insane. Just, well, but there there's no race. Are is there, there really nothing between it, it makes, no races, per- it it may, it makes perfect sense, but it's insane that there's nothing there. You
1: know, what I mean. It, so there's no race because yeah. like they can't get into uh I mean if Chris Horner can't bring his popularity into um and Lupus into uh
0: Right. um And there's California. nowhere there was nowhere for Lupus to go and they folded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like But
2: I guess the point is like what what is what no one wants to throw races in between for road races because Because they don't well because they don't, much, bec- well, and because they don't and there's matter. there's no There's no value in it. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't matter. So, you USA cycling needs to
0: create a value to them. You know what I mean? Like, if there were regional championships, or if there was a regional series, if there was, if it made, if it was more than just lip service, like, oh, you get this, you know, like, what is the pro road tour? You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. (laughs) But like, if it, if, I mean, the magic bullet, right, is to make it something people care about. And I don't know how you do that. That's yeah, not my job. Hard, that's yeah, Derek to, Bouchard yeah, yeah. Hall's job. <laughs> but, um, but that's what it's, – it's, it's crazy to me that yeah. people would go to Europe to get that. Well, that's and why maybe we hired it's Derek just, Bouchard Hall,
1: right? Yeah. That's why we all took out our membership. And next time we have him on the podcast, we'll have to ask these hard questions. Yeah, he I mean, sold his
2: think,
0: uh, first license to you, too. I think,
2: unfortunately, the U.S. is always going to be a big pond for yeah. small fish. No, I well, agree. Well, that's why
1: we're moving to Iceland Namibia and uh, Cuba. And where was the other country, little guy? Uh, Estonia. I mean, (laughs) we'll take care of it.
0: Done Done deal. Well, Uh, guys. I I was going to
2: say, I mean, from you guys, Spencer, you were saying that the Minnesota State side cross championship isn't the most important race in the world. I beg to differ. Sam, many... what do you think? You think it's the most important race in the world, or just the second most important race in the world?
1: It's probably the second most important race to the world.
2: Second most important race. You guys, Spencer, you know this for sure. How um, the weather has always been a factor at states, and especially the last five out of six years. Uh huh. Um, do you guys know what the fall's been like in Minnesota this year?
1: I heard it's been no, hot. I, I haven't it's been seventy there. degrees.
2: It's been unbelievably hot. It's been fifties and sixties every day. I woke till... up today, it was sixty and I went back to bed because yeah, it was chilly. It was it was like about sixty today. I've worn shorts every day. I've I've never been cold at a cross race this year. You guys know what it's gonna do on Friday night? No snow. I it's hope. gonna fucking snow. It's well, gonna snow time. because it always snows before states. Like magic. They move it forward, they move it back. It still snows. Yeah, we've had is it this weekend? zero precipitation. Yeah, it's this weekend. Why it was are you 60 degrees you having states this weekend? Because that's when we used to always
1: have.
0: That, that's so weekend. early.
1: That's right. They had it before, and then they switched it for Jingle Cross.
2: We had it. At, we had it before Jingle Cross for years, man. Yeah, yeah. no, it only moved
1: back for like two
2: years.
0: It seems so early now. Like we're not even. We're only two races into the the Victoria Series here. We got well, I've Supercross heard, next weekend. And I've heard that
2: New England is like where like that's the national scene so that's why yeah so
0: nbx is in <laughs> december and then yeah we got nationals coming in uh to hartford in january well that's we're like we're we like a third finish... of the way into the series <laughs> or se- uh, season right now we <laughs> have
2: to finish so we can go to all the uci races which are all 10 to 20 hour drives away from this <laughs> this cross desert. somebody
0: somebody should put one on in minnesota no, that no, that sounds like a horrible yeah. idea. Hey
2: yeah, guys, so put one, one on In idea. Iowa, in like late November, wouldn't that be cool? Hey that guys, let's cool. talk
1: about pinwheels at cyclocross. I have this that, wonderful Tim, idea, and this Tim, is I'm what gonna, I'd like I'm to gonna, do about this. I'm going to
0: interrupt you right now because it's actually time uh, for for a preem. Oh, it is. Oh, now. No. Oh, okay. Oh. Do you know? Now. Do you know how now. You know when there's a preem when you're racing bikes? How? Somebody rings a bell. Oh.
1: Wow, the Supreme Lab. Oh,
2: Oh, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast,
1: eh? (laughs) normally right now they're going, hey, what are we racing for, Spencer? I mean, at least that's what I'm saying when I'm on the front of the pack just driving the pace.
0: Just, is that what you do for the premium? Just drive the pace? All right. I drive the well, pace car. It's- <laughs> you, should, you should drive the pace car right on over to healthiq.com slash the slow ride. No, slash slow ride. There you yeah, go. Yeah,
1: make sure you take out the, just put slow ride. Yeah, don't put <laughs> the, uh, the, you'll give it to deals. those other guys.
0: Because so gonna- what you're, what you're going to find there is information uh, about life insurance because IQ does us all a favor and does the hard work of researching the best deals for healthy lifestyles for cyclists in particular. They've got the data. They've crunched the numbers on uh, the the better life you're living through cycling, and they know exactly how much more money you should be saving on life insurance. So you can head over and find out. Kind of weird about that, Spencer, is
1: that now that I bought a house, I'm doing some painting – I have dad's sweatpants, which have, uh, you know, primer paint on the side. Okay. Um, I've got a yard that uh, needs raking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much becoming an adult. And <laughs> like, I think the next step to being an adult is to probably have some kind of life insurance. And so <laughs> it's kind of getting me to that level. And if I can save some money on doing the uh, health thing, I mean, I don't know. Everyone tells me I need life insurance. This is probably yeah. the way to do it. It probably is.
0: Me? I mean, think about it. You're going to be I up on the ladder. It. You're going to be up on the ladder trying to paint the eaves one day, and a gust of wind is going to come, and you don't know when that's when that gust of wind is coming. Yeah. It could all be over in a flash, so you should get over to com slash slow ride right away. You know, actually, um, you can go on that site. If you click through to who uh, some of the people they talk to f- to get their uh, research, their experts are, Chris Carmichael is one of them, which is kind of funny. But if you click on him, it's like uh, you could take a quiz about bikes and and bicycling uh, that he wrote the questions to. So you can actually, like, if you ace the quiz, you get even better discounts. That's a fun way to do it. What? Oh, I like it. Yeah. HealthIQ.com slash the slow ride. Check it out. We'd appreciate it.
1: Yeah, just make sure you do HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. Um, and not what Spencer just told you. But then other than that, we'll be good.
0: I want to also thank all the uh, Wide Angle Podium supporters that we have. Uh, I run into people uh, pretty much every weekend who are like, Dude, I love the show. I'm a supporter. And it's super awesome. Uh, So I just want to shout out everybody that does that. We super appreciate it. I know uh, you do too. Tim and little guy as well. I know he gets some... Some randos showing up, talking to them. Um, I do.
2: I meet a lot of nice people. They always tell me how they love our show, hate all the other shows. I think they're big eh. stinkers, especially they, that Meyerson guy. They're all like, what's that dude's problem? I, everyone just
1: tells me how much they love me on the podcast. <laughs> and That's weird. find you guys to be the Lamos That's weird. It's probably uh, true. No, but it's true. I meet a lot
2: of nice people. Yeah, um, we running to Who, who say random. nice things about us. I don't yeah. know why.
1: So I a couple it. of Twitter followers that have found me at the slow ride, or at the super rookie, um, have chimed in and uh, said, hello, it's always nice to have good conversations. And then also we've met a lot of our supporters through the Twitter account at the slow ride pod where there's always some good, uh, info yeah. going back and forth. And so, yeah, thanks to all those uh, folks. Um, you know, yeah. there's a couple of the crosshairs radio continues to slay it as far as quality programming. That's to the next yes. level as far as educational, um, yeah. I really enjoy that they don't do that in Europe um, broadcasts because I feel that it's like the info that people desire from our podcast, but they don't get as far as racing. And it it has been fun to uh, to to read well, and watch. They actually do a good or job
0: listen. of it. If we tried to do it, we would just butcher all that stuff. And we've we you know sort of given up on. We let the professionals handle that, and uh, and that's why they're part of the uh, part of the network. So they set the bar real high. We set the bar nice and low, and the rest of the shows get to slot in nice and easy there in the middle. Like, Consummate Athlete has been having some great episodes lately. Um, The Meyerson line, like you mentioned, uh, a couple of good episodes recently. Honest Bicycle Program, always quality work. Uh, Kids Don't Follow, hopefully they've got another one coming. Uh, I heard that is on the way, so that's exciting. But yeah, tons of good stuff. Check it out if you haven't. No, uh, no need to support uh, if you can't afford it, but we always appreciate it if you can. Uh, it, it helps keep the shows free for everyone. Um, and well, I guess, I guess one, m- other, one other thing I want to say is we don't actually do any advertising. So, so you know, you if you can't man. support, just tell somebody about the show because it's yeah, yeah. the only way we're ever going to get more listeners.
1: Or the only way we do advertising is when we do... Um, uh, Interviews, on-the-fly interviews of racing, of pro-tour-level bike racers Mm -hmm. at cyclocross events across the country Or we accost them during the race and ask them all types of hard-hitting questions you can't find Mm -hmm. anywhere. Um, For example, this week we interviewed Joe Dombrowski, and we got several no comments from him in the middle of the race. I mean, we asked him about uh, arm wrestling TJ Van Garderen. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did we ask him out there, and we well, just we stumped him?
0: We we you know we started off hard right off the bat with the DJ question. He seemed a little uh, caught off guard, didn't have a lot to say um, about it initially. So we we threw a few softballs in about um, uh, what was worse, uh, cyclocross or riding for Katusha. Um,
1: oh, I think that that's a good one. I mean that's that just. <laughs> That may have been he, my favorite um, slow ride podcast question that's ever been asked.
0: Yeah, and it, you could tell, You could see him struggle with the with the answer. He wasn't, uh, you know, it's not it's not your normal journalism type of question. You know, we we really go try to go deep here at the slow ride. So we, we caught him stumbling there, and before he could regain his footing, we hit him with the TJ question again. And uh, you know, he he seemed to uh, let's say his body language said that uh, he thought he could take TJ uh nah. you know, God, he, I don't
2: know, man. those two are scrawny dudes. He
0: does have world tour arms, but
2: yeah, he does he's got a world tour upper body,
0: but he was racing uh I saw him racing at d c c x he was out here racing at uh at the northampton uh international as well, so he might have he might have the chops
1: now. You 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 saw those domestic races, and there was a lot of racing that that was going on in the Victoria series. But let's um, Trek bikes brought us that broadcast of the Nils um, cyclocross race, which holy crap! How is that illegal UCI cross course with the amount of crap that they give race promoters here in the U.S.? That course had one giant pinwheel that the um. Uh, camera guys didn't know how to operate because they didn't know like who was going in who was going out you had yeah. the perfectly manicured sand pit did you guys see that it's like they raked out the sand pit after the um the preview lapse so the very yeah. first time back through the sand i mean but this thing looked like a um, they do that often in but it looked like the sand yeah. pit that you'd see at like a golf course after like yeah. someone you know it's was just like, pristine and then they had my favorite. Uh, that I don't know who tweeted it, but it was probably the most hilarious tweet I had seen. The old cross course through the Home Depot garden section, Dude, um, section I love, of yeah, the course, every year, with that's all of the, the pallets, best. all of the uh, you know just pallets yeah. of sod in the course, it's and the various best. soil. No, yeah. um, oh, that's just the best. Those courses, it's pretty incredible. They, I, I enjoyed I, that race uh, just yeah. for the the hilarious nature of the entire course.
0: No, I don't understand. Like they get away with a lot of things that, uh, we don't seem to get away with, uh, here in the U S or maybe you do, maybe you don't kind of depends on which commissaire you, uh, you pull out of the bag for your race. Um, who gets assigned to you, whether they're a stickler for the rules or whether they maybe don't know the rules. Yeah. If um, they are a
2: hand, hands on the handlebar start or like whatever, you can be off your bike. It's kind of like a crap, crap shoot, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, <clears throat> But, unfortunately, pinwheels are still legal in bike races, which is insane to me. So was this
1: the first pinwheel ever in Europe?
0: I don't know. Probably not. Say but, probably not. <clears> throat> our throat>
1: first experience with the pinwheel, we have to come clean, guys, was the Northfield Cyclocross race that... Um, was that
0: our first? Yeah,
1: yeah. Think? That Jake this, Boyce this and Sean Noonan put on? Yeah. Are we going to mention
2: the, this Northfield race like nine weeks in a row?
1: Well, so they put on that pinwheel. So Spencer, here's my question to you: Do you think that that was one of the first pinwheels ever in cyclocross? That it was invented there, or is this something that has a track record in Europe?
2: <laughs> we should blame voice. Let's blame voice. Yeah,
0: I don't think I don't think it was invented there. But uh, was uh, it I was in Europe I it before? Okay. Is this that's the first time the that
1: it's been in Europe?
0: I think it should have died there. Uh, pinwheels have. No business being in the course. Now, the thing that uh, that I do like about the one in Europe is that they did it all with snow fence, which makes it more safe. Sure. My my main problem with pinwheels is not that they're stupid and ridiculous and just a cheap way to, to get some distance out of your course, but that they're generally just a piece of caution tape between two opposing directions of racing traffic, which is just a bad, 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 bad idea, and it's unsafe for racers, and that's why I really... 8 pinwheels or any, I, any section of the course that goes back on itself without fencing in between
1: I seem to remember you enjoying the um, pinwheel of death at the uh, Northfield Cross Race
0: back in well, the day like the first time probably, we saw it that was probably my 4th race ever and I'd never seen one before and maybe it was entertaining I don't remember but now that now that I know a little bit about bike racing it's stupid
2: I what I remember from that race is that ditch we had to jump mostly. Yeah, that but, was
0: that was the most euro thing that's ever happened in Minnesota cross.
2: Um, that was really super euro. I I was always a big fan of that Fridley pinwheel, man, cuz that thing was on the on a baseball diamond on the dirt and it was super <laughs> loose and it and was, it was like the... a really it was a really wide pinwheel. It wasn't like the like the one at the race but, we're but, talking about was tight. Like that was a tight yeah. one watching it on TV, right? This one was, like, super wide on a baseball diamond, so everyone's, like, totally just
0: fishtailing
2: it. And it was, like...
0: But it was the whole shot, too. It was the whole shot, too. It was perfect. You, you sprinted for, like, 50 yards and then went into a pinwheel. Yeah. It was the worst thing it that was ever so happened.
2: Awesome.
0: <laughs> we are going to We are going to disagree with this to the grave.
2: I don't know. I I think... I think the first couple of times we all did pinwheels, I think we probably were like that's
0: so, kind of cool because it's like but, a carnival yeah. thing. Yeah, you but, think bike racing is jokey fun times, and but it's so not. I just it's did a little. Business.
1: I know you want to move on, Spencer, but I've been doing some some hot googling here, uh-huh. and I am at hot the googling. I am at the dispenser.blogspot.com, oh, shit. and uh, I did oh, a little no. search of uh, Northfield, <laughs> and on Monday, November six, two thousand six. Um, <laughs> We went to the uh, – there was a write-up yep. of the Northfield That's, cross That race.
0: would be my first year racing Cross.
1: And, and it says, I used to go see Disembodied and Harvest shows in Northfield. Now I go to bike races. So nice. I like how you you know bring up Harvest. your punk past in there. you kind of like, hey, this is what I used to do, and now I'm going to dumb bike races. Um, yep. As much as I dislike crits, the Northfield crit um, is probably my favorite. It is, and then, uh, still. He said, hey, the Northfield Cross on Sunday was painful, very, very painful, not a good time at all for me, but it's not my fault, so I'm sure you're um, uh, uh, blaming uh, uh, someone. Oh, yep, well, you got a, a couple of pictures there. Uh, the course was pretty nice and had two very noteworthy features. One, the hill, um, there's yep. that giant hill, and then, Big and job. the pinwheel, and all you say, though, to get to protect yourself here, and this is a good job, since no one can really describe the pinwheel properly, I have opted to draw a picture, and i don 't know if you remember drawing this picture oh I do this this is what I remembered for, this is why I was googling it it's a sweet picture that has a skull and crossbones on it with what the pinwheel looks like, and that's pretty much it. Um, yes, yeah, so you didn't say that you liked it, but you didn't say that you hated it.
0: but I drew a skull and crossbones, meaning it should die. <laughs>
2: Hey, um, what is, this is the last edit on that page. Damn, there isn't like he didn't make a quick edit before the show or something, did he?
1: No, no, not on that. Not yeah. on that one. This is okay.
2: Okay, I just want to make you know we got to dig in forensically on this stuff.
1: <laughs> that was a, a pretty good one. I I, I totally did you try love...
2: enhancing? And then enhancing the picture just to make
1: sure. But <laughs> there any there's a big there? smiley face in there that says I love it. <laughs> Hiding behind the skullcap. <laughs> Anyway, I thought I was going to catch Spencer there, but I didn't. Uh, so the other big news work. in Europe Cross is that uh, Vanderpool is absolutely tearing it up right now. And, um, you know, the guys over on uh, the Crossroads radio were kind of talking that maybe this is a rigged system with Vanderpool winning all the races and, and Vout taking care of the rest. What do you guys think of that?
2: What is, wait, what is their theory? I didn't hear this. That,
1: like uh, theory, uh, like, you know, it's like every other Belgian style of bike racing that maybe it's a little rigged. What? Why what would? what's well, who's one, winning one, in this?
2: Wild wow, looks guy, better because he's like the champion going down swinging, and then he'll come back at the end of the year. No, well, oh. it's
0: all about the betting lines. If one guy wins all the time, it's not very good for business. You know what I mean? But that's what's been happening. Is that? Well, they they switched. The, uh,
2: but the last four super prestigious Vanderpool has won, and I got to. I think most of their meetings this year, the Wild Vanderpool meetings, I think Vanderpool's come out on top. I think yeah, it's only way, bike win problems for win, that they're
0: have. probably getting about even now, right?
2: Yeah, but Vanderpool started the season. What I'm saying is when they race each other, Vanderpool usually wins unless he has a mechanical.
0: So you're betting on so Vanderpool.
2: Definitely. At this if you point,
0: had $1,000 and you were you're betting saying on one is guy. That they've been Vanderpool.
2: building it up, so now Wout can come through at the which end is, of the season with the big is, wins and they can all make, make out. This is just
0: what Wout wants you to do. Yeah, you are falling for the trap, my friend. <laughs> no, you guys, I. You guys act like Belgian cyclocross.
1: Ha, Belgian cyclocross hasn't had any type of you know controversy or um, you know illicit oh. uh, <laughs> um, things happen in it. You know motors what and, a, and other about
2: items. the fact motors. that. Uh, I is still Dutch.
0: find it hard to believe that motors are actually being used in professional racing. <laughs> I'm just are you serious? There? Yeah, it's stupid. It's still stupid. They're it's testing stupid. all these bikes. And they're All not finding shit because it's happens. stupid.
2: Oh, I'm someone's going to use a motor. The second they stop testing, someone's going to use a motor.
0: Yeah, well, the only person we know for sure that has done it without doubt has been caught already, and that was Ryder Hesjedal. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and with that, and that's um, why he's out of the sport. I, I he think was forced
2: it's... to retire four years after the thing with the wheel spin. <laughs>
1: Well, guys, I mean, Ryder Hashdahl is going to get away with it, but George Hincapie totally got caught and had to, the, you oh. know, spend his time on the pine. Kind of, kind of damage.
0: Mm, so, I'm going to have to check his Wikipedia page on that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, dudes, I had fun uh, doing the podcast with you. Uh, as always, always great to talk to you. People can always reach us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. They can also email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail dot com. Um, do you guys have any advice to any
0: of our uh, listeners out there?
1: Uh, you know, stay
2: on the road. hydrated.
0: Stay hydrated. hydrated. Yeah, uh, stay, stay on, on the, the road.
2: Yeah. Tim, keep your stick down. Um, watch you watch out for icing. Whatever the hell icing is.
1: Yep. So I obviously have a hockey game tonight. So icing is um is a pain. It uh, require actually I kind of like icing because I get a little bit of a breather. Um, cause usually it's me icing the puck. Um, so, so do you, uh,
0: when you, when you pass your fellow, uh, ice skating aficionados on the, on the road, do you wave to them, Tim? No, I don't. No. Um, cause I've never seen any of
1: them ever ride a bike before. <laughs> um, I see lots of other things about these, uh, individuals, but riding a bike <laughs> is not one of them. Um, <laughs> But, keep your you eyes know,
0: above shoulder level, Tim. That's yeah, all. I'm keep the say.
1: eyes high. Always wave at everyone you see riding a bike, regardless if they're wearing spandex or blue jeans. And uh, you know, as always, keep the rubber side down. And with that, uh, we'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for his intro and outro music. We'd like to. Um, encourage you to go to the wideanglepodium.com to find out more about our network and the family of shows that we're a part of. And go to healthiq.com slash slowride to learn more on how to save for life insurance.
0: Perfect. Nailed it. Good. I think I nailed that one, guys. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. SlowridePodcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride Podcast. Can't believe you guys didn't uh, make any comments about my Luigi Classico, Classico Mano. I didn't get it reference. Ah.
1: I'm sorry, like I didn't I didn't understand so, where it was coming from.
0: So Phil Gaiman was tweeting about that and Thomas Decker was like, Yo, I was Luigi on the uh on the uh, Operation Porto. Oh yeah,
2: because he's got Fabian that book out. He's got yeah. that book out, I forgot about
0: it. He that. said it to Gaiman? Yeah, and he screen Gaiman screen it and put it on Twitter.
2: Nice.
0: So the what? like controversy that Luigi was was Fabian Cancellera is like dead. Because now Decker
1: has said it's him? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that.